Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And, wow, what a show we have for you today. In the studio with us today is uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, a common-sense Democrat, and... I'm not sure such a common-sense Republican. We have uh, former <laughs> Deputy Mayor Rudy Washington. Rumor has it he might be related to George Washington. <laughs> N- nine uh, nine generations removed, at least. Rudy, to confirm or deny that? <laughs> I confirm. All right. Now, what's the benefit? <laughs> L- 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 Lydia Serrani, how are you, Lydia? I'm doing and, well, uh, sir. And I'll tell you. Well, how do you say T G I F? Thank God it's Friday. We all need a Friday. Uh, a sad day. Uh, uh, Calvin Butts uh, passed away today, and and uh, we'll have a few people talking about him today and mm-hmm. and trying to remember him. Rudy, you remember him? Yes, yes. Uh, we were. He was a good friend. Uh, somebody I you know had plenty of opportunity to work with uh, during my years in government. Uh, so, yes, uh, he'll be missed. Yes, yes. And today I had to go to church and uh, give a eulogy to uh, my friend. He used to, my friend uh, was uh, also my best man at my wedding, Spiros Malonis, and one good guy. Uh, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, you go to church and you say uh, your goodbyes, and, and that's it. And it puts things in perspective. It puts the it? things in perspective. Uh, I understand uh, uh, we have Dean Pops on the, on the line. That's right. We have Dean Pops. He's a former assistant Army secretary, assistant secretary of the Army for Acquisition, Logistics, and Technology. He was appointed both by President Bush, the Obama administration. Welcome back to Cats at Night. I, I could go on and on about your amazing accomplishments. Well, thank you, Lydia. And, and he's uh, a grandfather again yesterday, I heard. Oh, that, Thank you. Number four, um, baby boy without a name, John. So I think he's uh, he's still an undocumented uh, alien or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, there must be a fight in the family. Otherwise, it would have been easy. No, you know, I, and I don't mean to be too serious. My, my, my daughter had a very difficult labor and uh, and delivery, and I think they're just sort of catching their breath before they name the child. But thank you. And I'm, I'm on, on your end, I'm sorry to hear about Spiro. Uh, he was a well-known and well-liked. The great uh, tycoon. He was well. More than that, he was a he was a great guy and a smart guy, and a, and he did things for other people. So and a very um, elegant man, a very elegant man. Yes, very well. Well said. Well said. And uh, we we mourn his loss as well today. Uh, t- tell us, Dean. There's so many things going on in Ukraine. Uh, a lot of people are walking around scratching their heads. They don't know who to believe anymore, and yeah. they don't know what the solution is. Putin today uh, was at a conference. So where was he? Someplace in. Was it Indonesia, or he was at a conference? that says, "Don't be, you know?" He tried to tell uh, everybody, "I'm not, I'm not firing any nuclear weapons at anybody." But he also said that he's not taking shooting at our satellites off the table if we support uh, the Ukrainians. He said that too. Well, there goes my my Verizon call. That's right. Well, Mr. Pops, uh, on that topic. Um why do we move the 101st, the Screaming Eagles, into Romania right off the border of Ukraine and Russia? Well, we're doing that as a as part of a show of force and uh, trying to put some markers in NATO countries. 
look, I, I think the, the question that's posed to me is tonight is you think that we have to get an end to this. And I and I do. And I'll tell you why. Because the Russian army cannot win. All right. If you look at the logistics, if you look at the material and munitions, if you look at his old his own political construct, uh, people are fleeing his country. He has no political. They have no political will for this war. Uh, they're running out of ammunition. They're running out of people. They have mercenaries in the in the Wagner group going out and soliciting Afghan warriors and Chechen warriors to come to come to this fight. So what does that tell you? They really. Uh, they're they're not formed and they don't have the material and they don't have the staying power to win this war. So they cannot win. It doesn't mean that they lose, lose, but it means that they cannot win. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for the world's leading country, which should be us and we should have that kind of leadership to offer Putin some type of off ramp. There has to be an elegant diplomatic uh, solution, a public relations solution. Uh, th- this is something that I think our, our immediate past president would have grasped immediately about how to negotiate with a fellow who's got his back against the wall. And the reason we're going to do that is that when you take a, a guy who may or may not be unbalanced, who may or may not uh, have physical ailments that he sees the end of his days, why do you want to push his back against the wall with a nuclear arsenal? Why do you want to possibly throw Russia into a total state of chaos? Because then the then the uh, Colin Powell doctrine comes into place. If you break it, you own it. All right. And um, I'm not sure we want to do that. So yeah. what, what makes the most sense? And, and, fa- and also people say, well, I know a lot of my friends say, well, so you're an appeaser. No, I'm not an appeaser. And Putin's not Hitler. He doesn't have the war machine. He doesn't have uh, the ability. He's not going to roll through Europe uh, unless he starts throwing nuclear weapons all over the place. And um, he, this is not the Sudetenland. And we really don't have any strategic interests uh, in eastern Ukraine and who's controlling Donbar and Donetsk province and all of this. We, the U.S. now today, given where we are and given our own economic constraints and our military constraints and our social constraints, this is not of strategic interest to us of who's, who's controlling those provinces. I, I agree with you. Uh, um, however, I just become concerned because if memory serves me correctly, uh, the 101st hasn't been in Europe in two, since World War II. Uh, so to deploy them now to Romania, um, it almost looks like mission creep. Um, and that's what I get concerned about. Uh, and, and you should. You should be concerned about mission creep because then, in my opinion, and I sort of I've lived this through the Iraq and Afghan uh, wars, is that then the military industrial complex takes over and it becomes harder and harder to pull this back. And now, you know, billions are being thrown in this direction and defense companies and the whole Pentagon. Everybody's all spun up about this. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to start our own defense industrial base is now reporting to us that our our stockpiles of things are really, really, really low so that the uh, things that we need, you know, ground launch missiles, ammunition, 
even even fuel and other things are all being deployed over there. And, and the fact that our defense base cannot replenish those Stinger missiles, which are which they have to make from scratch now and, and a lot of other things uh, are being diverted from our own base, well, our, well, own, our own industrial base. So well, this is not not well, smart. Who's, um, who's the guy to be the leader now? and be the yeah. adult in the room and call yeah. people to the table. Who's that? I mean, yeah. England is, question. UK is up, you know, turned upside down. Um, and, you know, I don't have to speak about Germany Ali. has been upside down. They've been upside down. France um, is not uh, right side up. We got German, a, we, Germany, you go, you go right through the list. There, there, there are no statesmen. That's the problem. Where are the Churchills? There are no respected uh, statesmen out there. That, that's exactly right. So, especially and in including from our country. And, you know, um, where I think back, I'd love to study our American history, but uh, it would be wonderful if the Secretary of State was someone like George Marshall. Marshall could could have led an effort like this. Of course, we just don't have statesmen's like statesmen. But can I be the can I be the uh, I guess the dissenting voice in the room? But how can you negotiate with a madman? And wasn't it who who said it, John? That we can't reward a, aggression. So that's the problem here too. Well, Kissinger says we can't reward aggression. That's what he said to me when we had lunch a couple weeks ago. So what do you say to that, Dean Pops, for well, people out there that I, I, say, you know, yeah, Putin's a, I, a psycho. The only way this will end is when there's two bullets in the back of his head. Well, the, that that is a way of ending it. Yes, indeed. And so we certainly hope that his own people can overthrow him and so forth. But absent that, I think he has to be offered an elegant solution that appeals to a psycho. And this is where <laughs> diplomacy and this is where shrewdness and this is where the art of the deal and all kinds of other things. There's another thing that's missing here that I know that John, possibly uh, Judge Weinberg would appreciate, is that the, the West, meaning us, we really don't understand the Eastern mentality. You see, in Putin's, Putin's efforts here are all wrapped up in religion, cultural misappropriation that he views from the West, and the ethos and ethnos of his nation. He feels very put upon by the West, and religion, okay? Uh, you know, he has seen events here in the last two or three years where his, uh, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church has been rent and split into, into several factions, all of which deter from his beloved Moscow patriarch, uh, in effect being the spiritual leadership of the Ukrainian uh, churches. So he's got his back against the wall, and I would assert that it's all those pieces that have to come to the table to give him a solution. Someone very smart, very intellectually curious, very well-read, very attuned to what the Eastern mind thinks, not the Western mind, all right? The Western mind is all about X's and O's and the bottom line and this, that. But this Eastern mind is, is think of your Russian uh, novelist and Tolstoy and Dostoevsky and Solzhenitsyn, and that's where their minds are. And so we need someone who can think like that to craft a solution that may be what? Maybe a ceasefire, maybe something like we use in Taiwan. We use the uh, uh, strategic ambiguity. Remember, people have been asking for years, will you defend Taiwan? Will you do this? Will you do that? Well, we we might, we might not. But in the meantime, what it's done, it's put a standstill to the whole thing. It might not for much longer, but it sure has for about 40 or 50 years. So we need the same kind of thing here until possibly we can outlast him. I'm not hopeful, 
And uh, so what's the alternative? The alternative is he is back against the wall. He's asking for Afghan and and, um, uh, Chechen and who knows from what other part of the Soviet republics are going to go in there to cause havoc. And let's not forget one thing, too, about our uh, Ukrainian brothers. This is a rough part of the world. I look at this fight as, as not so much as a fight about sovereign nations. Uh, these two are like the Crips and the Bloods, all right? This, this, is a, this is a one Slavic nation that is divided into two gangs. And, uh, and quite frankly, this fight's been going on for a thousand years. It's been going on since Vladimir of Kiev uh, Christianized them in the ninth century. And it's going to go on another thousand years. And we've got to be careful not to step into the, into the middle of this. Ukraine is the origination of the most cyber crime in the world. So yep. this is this is a rough part of the world. Before we get, uh, yeah, I noticed we got another sixty billion headed that way. Well, Florida's underwater. Okay? Yes, and yes. I, I think the, uh, the the average American is saying, "Gee, why don't we put the sixty and, billion?" And if they bomb the heck out of the Ukraine, well, who's going to pay to build it back up again? Well, I don't want. Well, I don't want to know. You know. I don't want to know. <laughs> now you want to know. You don't want to do it. Okay? I don't because I I did that in Iraq, and and I'm telling you, I'm sitting here wondering, saying, "Why the hell did we do what we did?" Yes. All right. Dean Pops, we got to go. We got a break coming up. And uh, thank you. And uh, God bless you. And thank you for bringing all Americans up to date. And congratulations again. Thank you again. Happy Halloween to everybody, too. Yeah, you thank you. you too. <laughs> all right. Bye. Uh, and I understand now uh, we have uh, Reverend Al Cockfield on the phone. And uh, we're going to ask yes, him what the, heck is, what the heck is going on all over the city. The, the, the crimes are getting worse. What's going on, Reverend? It, it, is, it is extremely getting worse. It, it's 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 terrible. A young man gets on the bus with a gun, a fake gun, hijacks the bus for a joyride. I mean, just just we have to get these mental health situations under control. We have to get this crime under control. We have to keep these villains, these 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 terrorists, I call them, and keep them in jail. I don't understand what's going on. It's terrible. What do you think also about the randomness of the crimes that are happening? You know, I know everybody's like, well, it's not as bad as it was in the 70s and That's, 80s, if you look at the s- stats. But the well, randomness they, they massaged, of it. Listen, in fairness, they massage the stats. It's, not, it's, it's far worse today than it was then. You know why? Because in those days, you had, a, you had a governor, Cuomo, you had state legislative leaders, you had the city council, you had a mayor. They all got together and they created safe streets, safe city. So when Mayor Giuliani came in, they had an army to fight it. And they weren't undermining law enforcement every day. And uh, Melissa DeRusso attested uh, us before. What did she have to say? The person that got uh, punched in the face, Sarah Feinberg. Sarah Feinberg is the one. She was just standing on the corner when a guy used to just, run the MTA. Right. Just walked up to her, punch her in the face. Today, we heard about a guy on the subway, elderly man, 1130 in the morning. He got punched in the face, beaten up. I mean, Reverend Cockfield, I, it's, it's like back in the day, we knew where not to go to not get jumped, right? Not to get our purses, right. you know, but now it's like it can happen anywhere. And, and, it's, and again, it's terrible. Police officers have to be able to do their jobs and not feel threatened. And we have to also keep people in jail. Like if you're an officer and you know the young person that you locked up yesterday is back on the, on the and they were a violent person, they're back on the on the streets tomorrow. How does that make you feel? That, that's demoralizing your job, right? And also, it makes the streets unsafe. Yeah, and reminiscing to Washington. Um, you know, when we were coming up. Nobody would dream of putting a hand on an elderly person or a senior. 
Uh, the, your, your, At all. Your friends might have turned around and gave you a whipping if you attacked somebody's mother or grandmother. That was unheard of. Mm-hmm. But today. Unheard of. He's right. Today, what we're dealing with, I don't think, yeah, it's a mental illness problem, but it's a drug problem. So, you know, people are tripping off this marijuana and becoming delusional. And it becomes a mental illness problem because we allow this flow of drugs at the south of our border, which makes no sense to me. And it's hitting all of our urban areas. It's also jerks being emboldened. They yeah. think they can do whatever they want. And there's well, like the gang same, shootings exactly in the middle right. of the day. Yeah, because they've sent yeah, out a signal was, that it's lawless, that there's no consequences. There was, listen, there, there was, prior to them legalizing marijuana, a lot of young men who carried guns in their cars, smoked marijuana, and they stopped it and smoked it. They had an opportunity and a legal right to search. Now are they taking that away? These guys, they have lawyers that tell them what to do, where to put the gun, where not to put the gun. And this is what's causing so much problem. We have to really look at it and be serious about making the changes that's necessary to protect our city and bring our city back. This yeah. is serious. Yeah, and when yeah I, we all agree 100%. And, when uh, I, the, 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 the whole thing, Rudy and, uh, uh, and Reverend, on this 1,200 police officers' overtime, that they're scared to make any arrests anyway because the people they arrest will go up, will go home uh, before they, while they're still making up the paperwork. But it's worse than that, uh, John. Um, as as the judge know, um, they they qualified immunity. Yeah, well, um, city council passed this ridiculous piece of legislation signed by the by the mayor saying that you can go after uh, the police in individual capacities. I mean, how ridiculous is is that? So you have a chilling effect for police officers to do their job. I mean, so in other words, what we're saying, Reverend, is that if a cop arrests somebody. And the person winds up with a broken jaw or something, the cop can get sued. We got to take a a break. Reverend Cockfield, thank you for speaking out, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you, John. Take care. Take care. And now they. The number one show on Fox Business. The number one show on Fox Business. Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow. The market almost went up almost a thousand points. What's going on? You know, it's a great story because in the past month, it's been a terrific market. I think the Dow's up 15%. And it's the same time period where all the polls are showing that the cavalry is coming and the GOP is going to take both houses. Senate and the House of Representatives. It's a terrific story. And the market loves divided government. And the market will want to stop all this progressive socialism going on. And the market wants to see the handcuffs taken off of the fossil fuel, oil and gas business. I don't think it's a coincidence. As the polling numbers have improved and improved, so has the stock market, John, and I think it's just terrific. And uh, everybody should be a little more optimistic about this whole story. Wow. So you see a correlation between the, the polls and the market, huh? This is a really great. I do. Look, I, I think, look, stocks have a way of discounting the future. So stocks will discount future profits. They'll discount future interest rates. But they also discount future politics because all the policy decisions you know, will impact corporate profits. And uh, you've got about 100, I don't know, the 58% of Americans own stocks directly or indirectly. It's a gigantic number. And um, it could be as many as 135, 140 million people. All I'm saying is 
as these polls have turned, so has the stock market. It, is, it, it cannot be a coincidence. It just cannot so, be so, a coincidence. So you don't think this is a dead cat, dead cat bounce, huh, uh, for the week? At, at this point, no, because... Oh, did his call drop? We just lost some. We must have lost. Uh, had a bad connection. I'm sure there. he'll be back. I mean, yeah, uh, he'll call back. Just uh, have Larry call us back. He's he's mustering his troops. So uh, <laughs> while we wait for him <laughs> the to cavalry call, the cavalry, the cavalry's coming. coming. While we wait for him to come back, I'm seeing it on all the TVs. Oh, there he is, Larry Kudlow. You're back. We yeah, we lost you I'm for here. a second. Yeah, I'm here. Well, I don't I, I don't want you to lose me, but I really think that it's very interesting. And uh, and here's a bit of intelligence. Uh, if look, polls don't vote, only voters vote. I get that. But if the GOP does take both houses, what I'm hearing is that you're going to have an H.R. one and an S one. The very first bill will be a bill to permit oil and gas production. Permitting is going to be the first piece of legislation that the Republicans take up. This is all about the all about the inflation problem. This is all about the economic recession problem. Probably the single best thing we could do at the very beginning of the new Congress is to take the handcuffs off of the oil and gas industry and let a thousand flowers bloom. By the way, a good permitting bill will also help renewable projects as well as fossil fuel projects. And this is something that is bringing joy to the stock market as well. And think of this, think of this. If you unlock permitting and you uh, open up the spigots and let's produce 13 million, 14 million, 15 million barrels of oil, and let's produce as much natural gas and LNG as we possibly can. Let's rebuild or expand refineries wherever possible. Let's get the home heating oil going. Let's get the diesel. Diesel is short. I was with John at dinner last night. He's telling me diesel fuel is very short. If you do this kind of thing, it will take some of the pressure off the Federal Reserve's interest rate hiking okay that might make it closer to the point when the fed doesn't have to completely destroy the economy by continuing to raise interest rates so all this goes together you got your cavalry you got your change you got your uh, opening up fossil fuels and that may take the pressure off the federal reserve's rate hikes this is all very very bullish for stocks and the economy what about the possibility larry it's richard weinberg what about the possibility of a rail strike what is that going to do well, let, let, uh, I don't. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Larry. No, no, I, I, I don't know where the rail strike is going to come. I, I can't comment on that. I don't know any details on the rail strike. Do you, are you? Is the markets going up to this degree? A possibility that they're dreaming that the the Fed might pause a little bit next week. Well, I think so. I mean, that's in the market. Um, the data is very mixed. I mean, we had inflation numbers today that you know continue to rise. So it's very hard to figure. I mean, the economy scored 2.6% GDP, uh, which was a high number. It was all exports, by the way. Uh, Consumption and business investment was flat. But I would say to you, the Fed will go 75 basis points. There's a lot of speculation in November, so they'll do that in the next couple weeks. The question is, what will they do in December? Uh, And that's hard to know. But I want to come back to this other point. If you unlock fossils... That will take pressure off of the Fed rate hikes. The two go together because 
more oil and gas production is counterinflationary. I mean, John, you've been saying this for a long time. It affects, by the way, food and grocery prices because of the fertilizer factor. And it affects, by the way, literally hundreds of everyday items that require fossil fuel resources to go in. So this is what we've been lacking. The Biden experiment, the Biden war against fossils has backfired. It's damaged the economy. It's jacked up the inflation rate. It's jacked up grocery prices. People are furious. The cost of living is too darn expensive. On the other hand, divided government, which the stock market historically loves, will put an end to all these progressive policies. And the chances are you can work out a deal and open up the permits and open up the fossil fuels and take some pressure off of the higher interest rates. Larry, so I always, no, we, we all agree, but to make long-term investments, yeah. it's got to be a long-term uh, hands-off. Otherwise, why would a company go and spend billions and billions of dollars uh, if it's only going to be a, a temporary uh, wink and say, we won't bother you? Well, look, if they codify legislation... That's your long-term fix. It won't be short-term. In other words, it's not an executive regulatory decision. It would be a legislative statutory decision. Let me finish, please. Let me finish, please. I'm trying to make this distinction. This will not come from the executive branch. This would be Congress using its statutory authorities to codify uh, permitting legislation. And that would be a long-term fix. And, of course, let's face it, uh, a new Congress is not going to permit higher taxes, and a new Congress is not going to permit massive federal spending. So there's a lot of good things endemic to this story. Uh, Look, I will be the first guy to say, again, polls are polls. Polls don't vote, only voters vote. So I don't want to get too far ahead of the story, but I will just say the turnaround in the polling numbers in the last 30 days has a lot to do with the turnaround in the stock market. So we all will know by next week what's going to happen with the interest rates and see if there's a little little bit of a pause just to see how things work out. You won't see a pause next week, John. Okay. They're going to go. They're going to go. Well, London, uh, London, what? London increased the rates? Yeah, London raised rates, uh, the EU raised rates, Canada raised rates, we're going to raise rates. But more fossil fuels... Well, we lead, lead, they follow, so we'll see. Thank you, Larry Kudlow. Have a great weekend. And Larry Kudlow is on at between 10 and 1 o'clock on number one show, WABC's number one show on Saturday morning, syndicated around the country. Larry Kudlow, 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Thank you so much. Thank you, Larry. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. We still got a great show for everyone. We'll be talking to Dr. Peter Mikolos. He's got some breaking news on the medical front. The Honorable Carl Rove. We're going to be talking about the GOP. It looks like there are some graces that could be could be a red tsunami. So keep in keep it right here. But now on the line we have Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, my favorite rabbi in the whole wide world. How are you, Rabbi? 
Thank you. And uh, I love that program you have Sunday morning at 7. It's my favorite. Yes. <laughs> and, and the Reverend the Rabbi. The one afterward is okay, but the one at 7 is outstanding. The one right before you is even better. Now, the, the, <laughs> why does the Rev get top billing over you? You know, because I've often said in Hebrew, you read from right to left. So it's <laughs> Go the Boy, other way. Fast. Go the other way. He's fast. He's a smart guy. You are fast. So two things, Rabbi, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. Two issues I want to raise with you. One was the passing of uh, Reverend Calvin Butts, the Abyssinian Baptist Church, who I know you knew and, and worked with. And then, of course, you had the fourth anniversary of the, uh, the massacre at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, the Squirrel Hill massacre. I'd like your comments on, on both of those, please. Well, you know, actually, let me try to tie them together in this way. Reverend Butts, I refer to to many as a communitarian. Uh, he believed in the importance of community, community that was inclusive, where people of different backgrounds and beliefs could sit together as one family to address the challenges of the day. So he would look at, for example, what happened in Pittsburgh and say, that's not just a Jewish issue. That's a human issue. All of us uh, are responsible. You know, uh, we often say not everyone is guilty, but everyone is responsible in terms of finding a solution. So he was that kind of individual uh, who really enlarged the path where we could walk together uh, to address uh, the challenges confronting us. I just read recently he was the one who stood up against rap music uh, because he felt much of this was misogynistic. It was uh, derogatory, degrading of women. Uh, and he stood up uh, to members of the community. He said, you're hurting us and I won't sit. I won't sit silent. So he was a great orator, but he also had a prophetic voice, uh, and he wasn't afraid to challenge the status quo. Wow. Uh, that's yeah. uh, quite a tribute, and uh, he will be missed uh, in uh, in uh, Harlem, and he'll be missed in all New York, and he was a great man. I met him. I, I first met yeah. him uh, when I ran for mayor in 2013. Yeah, and, you know, I remember when he uh, got the appointment by George Pataki, Republican. Uh, he backed, I remember, Hillary Clinton over Obama. He says, I don't want to make decisions based on race alone. Uh, so he was he was special. Uh, when you talk about what happened in Tree of Life, here we are uh, still concerned about safety, not only in streets and subways, but in sanctuaries. Who would have thought? Yesterday have was the have, anniversary, I believe. Yeah, the fourth anniversary. Who would, who would have thought that you need police protection outside synagogues, churches, and mosques. Um, and with the rise of anti-Semitism, we're very vulnerable. And many synagogues, you know, have made arrangements for their private security. Uh, that's just a, that's just outrageous. Uh, well, what I was know, outraged about, uh, that uh, uh, police officers and, and people uh, that had licensed guns would go take a, their, their guns to church to make sure their parishioners were safe. Even Eric Adams, I thought, uh, at one time said that, that he would take his uh, uh, revolver to church to make sure the parishioners were safe. And then uh, over that, uh, they tried to change that in Albany. Uh, where uh, they weren't allowed to do it. Yeah, that, that, that law will fail. That, that, yeah, the federal that judge shot it down, I yeah, yeah, that 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 law will fail. That was overreaching. You know, you can say whatever you yeah. want about the original Sullivan Act, that it was unconstitutional, but the change they pushed through in Albany I mean, is even worse. I mean, silly law. You, you, right. you can't take your, your gun through uh, Times Square if you, have legal, if you have a legal carry permit. You can't take it through Times Square. Another reason why it will fail. Now, 
We got that, some breaking no, that, Was that your friend too? I mean, yeah, and, and if you go into a restaurant that carries liquor, you're not allowed to have your your gun with you. We have some breaking news, by the breaking way. Breaking news. You want to hit some- Breaking news. WABC. Paul Pelosi's surgery. You know, he was attacked in his home. Uh, he underwent successful surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hand. So the surgery was successful. Good way. Very Thank happy God. to hear that. Thank you. People on all different sides can join in that, you know, a special uh, uh, thank you uh, for that recovery. Rab- so, Rab- Lord, Rab- Rabbi, okay, what else would you like to say? I was going to tell you, you I know, listen I, to I you every Sunday say, morning John, at 7 you know, o'clock. You know, you know very well that uh, we're in this together. Uh, no matter what the issue is, uh, we can't just make it sectarian. We can't just make it, you know, segmentized where only one segment is going to address it. All of the problems we face today require group thinking, require input by the faith communities, even the people who don't have a particular faith. We are we are suffering so many maladies today that it's going to require takes a village. Yeah, well, it, it takes a village to solve takes problems. Takes a whole city. Okay. Rabbi, this is uh, Rudy. How are you? Um, Rudy. It, the original Rudy. <laughs> the original Rudy. <laughs> uh, is my guy B.B. Netanyahu going to come back? I, you know, the, the polls show that he's very strong there, but I've learned never, never to predict. But you, but you know, uh, being prime minister of Israel is a uh, prime minister du jour. Uh, you know, you, you get elected for a short period, then you're then you're out. So, but they say that uh, he's got a very strong chance. It's coalition building, and that's that's the key to that kind of uh, election uh, uh, thinking. You know, you, you got to build a coalition, taking people from disparate groups and bring them into the coalition. Who knows? Yep. Rabbi Potashnik, I'll be listening to you 7 o'clock on Sunday morning on WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial, and, and you have a lot of wise things to say. Well, in that case, I'm going to listen to you at, at 8, 8 o'clock, o'clock Sunday well, morning. You know, right, we but have don't, a forget six, don't forget 6 to 7. There's some stuff there at 6 to 7, too. Judge yeah, Richard Weinberg, 6 too. o'clock yep. in the morning. Yep. You uh, got to get up very early for Weinberg. <laughs> Well, Stay listen, up all night, Rabbi, to make sure you're Some of us at a certain age don't have any trouble getting up early in the morning. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Rabbi. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi. Rabbi Potashnik. Rabbi Potashnik. <laughs> Thank you so much, and we'll be uh, talking to you when the sun comes up on Sunday morning. Okay, you be well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line for us is Carl Rove. Uh, the Honorable Carl Rove is a Republican policy advisor. He's also the senior advisor and deputy chief of staff during the George W. Bush administration. Welcome back to Cats at Night. Good Carl, to be here. Thanks for having me. Carl, it's Richard Weinberg. Welcome back to the show. Judge, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. So the two things I'd, I'd like you to focus on. What's going to happen in the next uh, 10 days in terms of uh, a Republican wave or a change of change of control of the, the House and the Senate? And then the second thing is, where does the Republican Party go from here in terms of this civil war? If you could comment on those issues, I'd like it. Yeah, look, uh, first of all, um, this is a midterm election and the Republicans don't hold the White House. So they're going to have a good election. The question is how good. And I think it's going to be in the House. Uh, I've been saying between 20 and 25 seats is what I think it's most likely to be. I've been leaning to 20, but I'm leaning a little bit more towards the upper range of that. Um, the things are just breaking for the Republicans here at the end. The Democrats don't have a good message. Uh, Kevin McCarthy went out and raised $78 million for 
the House Super PAC in the last quarter. And the uh, guy who's in charge of it, Dan Constant, is doing a heck of a job of deploying the money and bringing onto the field some races in Democratic districts that uh, Biden won by four or five or six points, but where we've got a good candidate. So I think the House goes Republican uh, for certain. And uh, I think we have a less than the average. The average uh, number of seats that the party in power loses in a midterm, first midterm election is 28 since uh, the 1930s. But I think it's going to be less than the average, not because the wave isn't strong. It's because the Republicans picked up 14 seats uh, in 2020 while they were losing the White House. That, That only happens about one out of every five times that the White House control the White House, which is from one party to another. Uh, Senate, I'm going to be a heck of a close. We may not know for a couple of days. We may not know until uh, December 6th because Georgia has a runoff provision. You have to get 50 percent of the vote. There's a three-way race, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. But I think the Republicans take the uh, Senate by 51-49. And I think we'll know either election night or shortly thereafter that that's the case though there still may be a runoff in uh, in Georgia in, in early December. Carl Rove, what do you, what do you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, to inter- did I interrupt? Oh, no, I, no. I wanted what, I wanted your reaction to what happened to Paul Pelosi. I'm already seeing the mass media. They're now linking it to some sort of extremist attack and they're trying to spin this into some kind of ultra MAGA situation. What do you think about the media's role in what's going on with the, the midterms coming up? Well, first and foremost, uh, I think it is important that we, uh, regardless of what the motivation was, and we'll find that out, uh, it may be too early to, to say with, with specificity. They, they certainly weren't saying that at the news conference this afternoon. But we need to condemn Absolutely. in the most clear and concrete terms uh, political, uh, you know, political attacks on the, on the families of political figures or the political figures themselves. I happen to know Paul Pelosi. Uh, I, I met him when uh, I served in the Bush administration, and his wife was the first the Republican, excuse me, the Democratic leader in the Senate, and then the, the first woman speaker. He's a wonderful, nice guy, apolitical, uh, and you know. But he he was he. The, the, if it's true that the that the assailant said, "Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?" This was this was motivated by something that is really dark and ugly and and the tax on the families of of our uh, political leaders and the political leaders themselves uh, needs to be condemned by both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, And uh, this this what a horrifying uh, episode this was to two o'clock in the morning to find someone in your house uh, screaming your wife's name and. and the two men, I don't know who had the had the hammer first, but the two men fight over the hammer. And Paul Pelosi is in a hospital tonight undergoing brain surgery. And uh, God bless him and uh, keep him and um, help him return to health and uh, and give him aid and comfort to his family in these terrible moments. I'm looking at the CNN headlines and they're already trying to spin this. And like you said, the police, we still don't know what this person's motive is. According to many police sources, he went in in his underwear. He was part of a nudist colon, all these crazy things. You can't imagine. You can't imagine how this is. They're trying to spin this already. Remember, Carl, this is Rudy Washington. When the congresswoman uh, was shot in Arizona, uh, um, can't recall her name. uh, Kelly Giffords, Kathy Gifford. They did the exact same thing, only to find out that the shooter was just simply nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's we've come to a point in our society where where, where political figures and celebrities uh, become uh, victims of, of, of people who uh, 
have mental illness. Uh, but uh, again, I, I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment on the motivation, but I just simply know this is a horrible moment for our country and we need to condemn this violence. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm sort of an equal condemner. I mean, when, when, when the, uh, when the left winger showed up at the Republican baseball field and nearly killed Steve Scalise, I had friends, many friends who were on the Republican congressional baseball team, uh, most notably Roger Williams and Kevin Brady of Texas, uh, who, whose lives were at risk. And, you know, it says something about our society that there seems to be open season on political figures. We, we went through this once in the 1960s, uh, with the death of JFK in November of 63 and the assassination of Martin Luther King and the assassination of Robert Kennedy. And it was a terrible time for our country. And I hope to God we're not about ready to enter another sustained period of attacks on our political figures. Carl Rove, John Katzmatidis. Last question, uh, because we're going to have to take a break. Uh, Up in Michigan, you have a governor's race that's being, that nobody talks about, but it's very, very important. Because if the right. current governor gets reelected and succeeds on trying to shut down that pipeline coming in from Canada, right. the price of oil will go even crazier. Well, and the cost of energy and utilities will be, uh, and, and gasoline, particularly in the Northeast, is going to be uh, even bigger. I mean, I, I absolutely. And, and not only that, but remember, Whitmer, the governor, the Democratic governor, was the, one of the biggest proponents of complete lockdown. She was sort of like the Chinese, you know, she was sort of like, gee, let's let's shut down our society, uh, put everybody in their homes and uh, and see what happens. And uh, we saw what happened in that state, which was, uh, you know, terrible reading scores and the economy struggling to get back and the automotive industry put on its back. And, uh, you know, so uh, it would be interesting. She, she also, I think, will be a candidate for president in 2024 if uh if she wins re-election. Yeah. Yeah, she, at the debate the other night, call. she said, well, the schools are only closed for three months, which was an out-and-out yeah. falsehood. Uh, yeah, out-and-out lies. That was simply not the case. The, the schools and... Uh, the schools in, in Michigan were shut for months and months and months. I think I saw one one commentator said, I think it, she was mistaking Michigan with Florida because Florida, they were they were closed for only three months and came back uh, in person with uh, with teachers in the classrooms. Speaking of that, I hope everybody's seen the National Educational Achievement uh the so-called NAEP numbers came out, and we have put a generation of our young people at risk with 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 huge deficits in math and reading scores at a very vulnerable age. And we may not be able, as a society, to uh, to make those you know to get those kids back on track in time. And it says something about uh, the difference between having instruction in a classroom and and, and doing it virtually. And and and, and the data suggests very heavily that. Uh, Kids who didn't get instruction in classrooms uh, fell further behind than the rest of the students. Thank you, Carl Rove. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Make sure you fight you for do, uh, fight for the truth. And um, God bless you and God bless America. You bet. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, next, we have Dr. Peter Michalos that has some breaking news. And and uh, I read this morning that there was a, a there was a problem with some of the blood pressure pills. Yes, that's the news today, and it's happened before, and there are certain chemicals called nitrosamines, and what they are, they're known to be carcinogens in uh, certain doses, and they're also found in cured meats, and also when you barbecue and you make things super well done and you get those uh, 
basically burnt little pieces uh, and they're very, they're very dark burnt little crispy pieces. They also contain uh, nitrosamine. So yes, you eat your bacon, but if you eat your bacon burnt, it's not exactly a healthy thing. And these chemicals have been found in certain blood pressure pills. Two specifically are called quinapril and hydrochlorothiazide in certain batches from certain countries. Uh, and on uh, WABC, we talked about why there's no labeling of country of origin on our medicine bottles. Everything else we buy, it has to tell you where it was made. But our medicines, for some reason, uh, the lobbyists were able to pull that one off, and we don't really know the country of origin of all the different medicines we take. But you should call your pharmacist if you're on those two medicines, uh, quinapril and hydrochlorothiazide for blood pressure, and ask them if they were in the recall because they would be the fastest way to find out. And if you ever do have an adverse reaction, there's the 800 number, 1-800-FDA-0178, and you can report adverse uh, reactions to the FDA. But this is something that's been ongoing, and uh, we have to control our supply chain, and we learned from COVID that we need to make our own uh, products and our own medicines and also the components of the medicines and uh, that will help our national security as we found out because healthcare is national we, we all agree you know it's okay to buy a little bit from uh, uh, internationally but america has to be self-sufficient you know the, the heck would they request a, a couple bucks more or less america has to be self-sufficient i agree on that, well, that Absolutely. That's why we won World War II, because we had the oil and Japan didn't have the oil and Germany was running out of the oil during the uh, winter invasion with Russia and uh, the Mission Barbarossa there. So uh, being energy independent, being pharmaceutically independent and being, you know, steel independent, all these things are necessary for a country to survive and thrive. And then the other interesting medical topic happening is out of the U.K., with these new variants that we're seeing and uh, the BA5 uh, dominant is a dominant variant in the United States represents about 62%, but they have these new variants. One of them they're even calling the nightmare variant, which is basically two Omicron variants that merge. They call them recombinant and they're concerned about uh, the transmissibility. The good news is with all these new sub variants is we get the same thing with flu every year, that it keeps mutating, it changes, and you have to update the vaccines and treatments. But what's happening here with COVID, as we predicted on WABC back in uh, February 2020, that this thing will eventually start to burn out where it becomes more transmissible because it wants to survive, but less lethal because it knows it can't keep killing its hotel human host. So the variants now have not been as lethal. And we have to keep up with the antibodies that we're developing to uh, neutralize these uh, variants as they appear. And we're going to end up seeing probably some cocktail mixed antivirals like they use on AIDS. And, uh, and there's a lot of hope for uh, good things coming. And it looks like we're getting it under control, especially here in the United States. Well, thank you uh, very much, Dr. Mihalos. And, uh, uh, and you know what we stand for on this station? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless, America sir. Way. God bless America, and we need God's blessing. Thank you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs>